Thanks for joining us today for the Anchor Daily. We are reading through the books of Acts, learning about the early church and the unstoppable power of the gospel. Listen close as we dive deep into Luke's and Paul's accounts. Paul's letter to Titus is a great study if you want to grasp God's best for his church. The letter to Titus is all about the church, even though the word is never used in it. Hi there, Anchor Daily friends. Mark Wasmiller here, and it's my great privilege to have you join me today as we dive a little deeper into this letter from Paul to his, quote, true son in common faith, Titus. In this letter, Paul encourages and guides Titus in organizing and establishing the church on the Isle of Crete. Titus had been a companion of Paul for most of Paul's missionary career. It is Titus that Paul uses as his example that the circumcision of Gentiles is merely, my paraphrase here, a control measure or, more bluntly, enslavement to a works-based salvation and is not a requirement of the gospel, as Paul wrote in chapter 2 of his letter to the Galatians. As Paul and Titus traveled through Crete, Paul decided that it would be best to leave Titus on Crete to finish the work of establishing a properly grounded church. He informs Titus and us in verse 5, The reason I left you in Crete was that you might put in order what was left unfinished and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. To fully appreciate Paul's letter and directions to Titus, we must first understand the value of the church. In the New Testament, the word church is used to convey two different meanings. In the first sense, it refers to all followers of Christ worldwide. The second usage of church refers to the local church, which is the group of believers who gather locally to provide practical organization to the universal church. The local church is how believers interact with one another in meaningful discipleship, prayer, teaching, and evangelism. As the body of Christ, the church is important. As the universal church and the local church are intrinsically linked, God loves them both. But because the church is composed of fallen, broken human beings, the church too is broken. Fortunately, God loves us broken people. And this letter to Titus expresses God's approach to establishing an attractive and effective church amidst a fallen and broken world. Paul accomplishes this by focusing on correct theology and the actions that should be the fruit of this theology. Paul understands that methods and organization mean nothing without the proper motivation of the heart behind them. More than anything else, Paul wants the churches in Crete to be filled with Christians who are sound in doctrine and rich in good works. Here in his letter to Titus, we see Paul expound on the intricate dance between correct theology and the importance of good works, something that should be a natural byproduct. Unfortunately, in our brokenness, we tend to gravitate toward extremes. Many believers are either fixed upon theology to the detriment of works or upon good works while lacking in theology. But God's word is clear that we must have both. Sound doctrine should produce faith that always leads to good works. As the Apostle James also points out in the second chapter of his letter, proclaiming that faith that doesn't produce good works is a dead faith. In fact, godly living is the proper expression of a true and correct understanding of God's Word. It appears that the situation Titus finds himself in 
on Crete was very similar to the situation in Ephesus where Paul placed Timothy to lead and serve. The church in Crete was also being infiltrated by false teachers, and Paul encourages Titus to build the church by selecting leaders who will model the balance between knowing the gospel and living it out in their daily lives. Paul goes into detail in verses 5-9 through of the first chapter, outlining how the leaders of the church were to be qualified to serve and how they should behave as messengers for God. Titus was charged with finding men who were faithful in their personal lives, who were even-tempered, and who were known as honest men. As a side note, if you examine yourself against these criteria, how do you stack up? Am I meddling? I'm looking in a proverbial mirror here as I say this. My thoughts, words, and deeds too often fall short of this standard. These qualities of faithfulness, even-temperedness, and honesty were the antithesis of the mythological Greek god Zeus, the pagan background that Cretans were coming out of into belief of the gospel. Zeus was a womanizing, ill-tempered, deceitful, and proud of it, top of the food chain in the belief system of the mythological Greek gods. Choosing elders wisely in this environment was imperative to ensuring that the message of the gospel could be shared with confidence in Crete. And let me go a tad off script here and challenge you to, on your own, go take a look at the geographical strategic importance of the island of Crete with regards to the spread of the gospel throughout the Mediterranean and thus throughout the world. Paul's letter culminates with him shining a spotlight on the gospel and the fact that because of his great mercy, God sent Jesus to save us from sin. Salvation comes only as a free gift from God. Because of his mercy alone, it cannot be earned. In Titus 3, verses 4 through 7, Paul makes it clear that although believers should be concerned about developing godly character, that is not what saves them. He writes, When the kindness of God our Savior and his love for mankind appeared, he saved us, not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that, being justified by his grace, we would be able, we would be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Thank you for listening, friends. I pray that you have a glorious and Jesus-filled day. Thanks for joining us today. Listen tomorrow as we encourage each other through God's Word. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so because we would love to continue to grow with you. We'd also like a chance to connect further with you. If you go to Bethel.ch, you can find all sorts of ways to serve, worship, and learn together.